Hello, everybody. Hi, birthday girl. Oh, yes, it's my birthday and we're recording. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to Turns Out She's Psychic. We've got another spooky style episode for this month. Halloween. Yes. Yes. What you what you bring into the show today, Tracy? Well, you know how I did Beechworth as my Australian location of choice for the paranormal investigation? Yes. Well, I've got a place in the States that is sort of equal to my Beechworth that I would be like a teeny tiny kid, like wetting my pants, <laughs> especially on Halloween to be able to go there and do their haunted house tours because next level bananas, like oh. crazy, crazy, crazy. And it's the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. Ooh. So there's actually a movie that was made after or around the story of the woman, Sarah Winchester, whose house this was. Right. Um, and it's got Helen Moran in it. Oh, and so the I movie, yeah, the movie was filmed in the original house and wow. then the rest of it was filmed in Australia. So there's lots, oh. of, lots of an Australian connection, which also piques my interest. Mm. So when was that? Is that a new movie? Or? Uh, it's a few years ago now. Okay. So it was, they made it in, nope, doesn't say. Oh, okay. Doesn't say, but um, this is Helen's little, uh, I guess, take on playing the role of Sarah Winchester, who was a oh, real life person. She yeah. said she went into mourning and stayed in mourning for the rest of her life. A bit the way Queen Victoria did when she lost her husband. It was a kind of Victorian thing to do, wasn't it? Mirren also sees Winchester's fascination with spiritualism as a byproduct of that grief. When you lose someone, the losses can be so unbearable, so difficult, that the only way you can deal with your grief is by feeling they are still with you in some way or another. And so the house is essentially the story of this woman who had so much grief, a tremendous amount of loss, and some would say lost the plot completely. Sure. Okay. And at a young age and therefore went on for the for the next 38 years almost creating this house or oh, it's a mansion it's like nothing like you've ever seen before um which is almost like the physical representation the physical manifestation of what must have been going on inside of her because it is hackers like seriously <laughs> hackers. hackers. <laughs> so just a oh, quick a wow. quick overview. From 1886 to 1922, construction never ceased. Originally, when Sarah moved from where she uh, originated from and met her husband, she then moved to California, San Jose, California. And when she bought the original house, it was an eight-room farmhouse, and now it is what it is today. But here's, here's a few facts about the house now, as you would see it if you were to go this 31st of... Um, October, and they've got a flashlight tour. Of course they do. (laughs) So it's 24,000 square feet. Just the house? Just the house. Wow. It's got 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens. Built at a price tag of five million dollars in nineteen twenty-three, or seventy-one million dollars today. How? Where did they get their money from? So Sarah married when she was young. She fell in love with this boy, and the boy was heir to, or even worked for at that point, the um, Winchester firearms. Oh, Winchester. Yes. Okay. So during the war, 
And at that time of life, back in yeah. the 1800s, having a gun in your home was yeah. just standard. Mm. And Winchesters were the gun people. So they supplied the uh, the army. And so when, when her husband died when they were quite young, she inherited, like I think her husband died when, when he was like 47 or 48, and she inherited tw- back then $20 million plus the the income that the company would make, Whoa. which which is equal now to $26,000 a day oh. is how much she would get. Plus she had $20 million back then. Wow. Which is about $500 million now. Wow. So Wait. this woman had endless, endless, endless pockets yeah. to be able to pay for what is an endless, um, what I feel deep in my heart and in my gut is like an endless love and and desperation to connect and try to figure out a way to connect and just cannot find, like cannot find the way there. But a lot of people would debate. A lot of people would say that some of the stories are bullshit because oh, really? when Sarah died, she didn't leave any journals. She left certain things to her niece but didn't say to anyone in her will what she wanted done with the house. Okay. So there there was no record of why she did what she did or anything or what she wanted, you know, the legacy to be taken on yeah. and how she wanted it to be done. So there's just so much mystery. She's just, like just the most captivating woman, just like fucking with people's heads. But it's <laughs> believed too that by the time she died, she um, was riddled with arthritic cancer, um, cancer, um, arthritis. Yep. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, sorry, and she also had no teeth, and she felt that um, she was she felt guilty with the with the money that she had when she saw so many poor people, like as she as she yeah. aged after war, and she saw how um, how she she was very 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 lucky, but at the same time she she lost a baby. The baby was a month old, and the baby died, and then ten years later her husband died. Her father died just not long after that. Then her father-in-law died just not long after that and she inherited everything but she had no one to share it with and she was single for the rest of her life. So here's a little bit more. Okay. Now I have taken some of uh, this information directly from the Winchester Mystery House, um, you know, their legitimate website. Their own thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, And then I've also taken it from allthatsinteresting.com. They have, uh, they just uh, report on it on a way that's sort of um, interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. Mm. Um, so, what I will say though is that uh, the Winchester House, the Winchester Mystery House website, official website, lists the house as the most mysterious place on earth. It is in the top ten haunted places across the world. It is a top haunted destination in the world. It is a top haunted place from Time Magazine and top 10 in the top 10 best haunted destinations from USA Today, Travel Channel, The Travel and MSN. USA Today says it's just the top destination. So like after year after year after year, it is the place to go. Paranormal investigations, you can watch them. They're freaking hilarious because <laughs> you just see how. Where do you like, watch them? Just on online, or... yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You see how fucked up these investigators get because it is like, uh, it is like a you know when you go to like a, a carnival and you go to a haunted house and there's all <laughs> these tricky trick things. It's like that, but it's how she built it. It's hectic. Wow. Like you walk into these rooms and it's just like you just walk into a door, 
and there's like doors everywhere, but there's nothing in the room but doors. And you walk through the doors and you open up a door and it's just a brick wall or you open up the door and it's a window. Like you're about to hear how fascinating it is. Oh, go anyway, on. So there was no plan. Uh, Sarah, apparently when she moved and into the farmhouse, she tried to hire two different architects back then and she had this amazing plan for the house, but neither of the architects believed that what she wanted they would be able to do, especially back then. They also were a little bit concerned with her mental health because of the things that she was asking to do. Now, it has been said, but never has it been written or confirmed. It's only through word of mouth and through a little bit of folklore and legend that Sarah actually consulted a psychic medium and the psychic medium brought through her husband, her late husband, and the husband said that of all the people who have been killed by themselves that by themselves or through their own rifle, but with the Winchester brand, oh, okay. that the yep. spirits were haunting her and that he could tell from the other side. And so to protect herself from being consumed by their energies, she needed to build all of these things. So she would speak to this medium and this medium would channel all this information that her late husband supposedly was guiding her to do to Whoa. keep the spirits at bay, but also, also to confuse them. So well, it's believed it does sound confusing. Yeah, so it's believed that Sarah had a séance room inside the house and that um Houdini actually did visit the house one year cuz he wanted to as part of an, a, like an extravagant kind of show. Yeah. He went there and his plan was to debunk the supernatural and the paranormal and he wanted to go and just say ghosts are bullshit, I can find it out kind of thing. He went there and he where he conducted his um his sort of experiment or his show was in the seance room. And now in the seance room was one door to enter, but three doors to exit, but you couldn't get out through the indoor. You could only get out through one of the three doors and you had to guess which door or you'd end up back in the seance room. Like it was a head fuck, like serious head fuck. So he left and decided, yeah. And he decided to never go back and he just, he left having experienced his own stuff, but he was too scared to talk about it. And that's Houdini. So there's a lot of mystery that's involved and you look at the paranormal investigators and there is so much stuff that comes up. Like there's banging, there's groans, there's lights flashing, there's temperature changes. Like it's so cool. But Sarah also had a fascination with windows and mirrors and she would have all of these things made and commissioned. And one in particular was a, a, win- a window, a stained glass window that's got a spider web in it. I'll post a the picture on Spider no, web? it's a like a. Oh, they've made it to yeah. look like a spiderweb. Okay. Yeah. So now, when you go for a tour, there is actually the room where they've got all these random windows because when she left the house when she died, uh, the niece that uh, received it in the inheritance, she wasn't left the house, so she sold all of the things inside the house. But there were parts to the house that no one even knew existed because it was hectic. And when the new owner went and looked in and did the house, they found all these secret rooms with all of these these uh, really, really expensive handmade items, including uh, things that were made from, you know, Tiffany & Co., the guy yeah. who actually, you know, started Tiffany & Co., him, which I can't remember his name. I think I have it here somewhere. If I find it, I'll say it. Yeah. But um, there's like windows and, and special things made from him, but uh, there was just windows everywhere. And so 
there's a room now of all the windows they, that they recovered from the attic and you can see them all and included in there is the spiderweb window that mm. until it was found, no one had ever seen it except for Sarah and the maker of the window. So... In 1884, Sarah Winchester purchased what would later become known as the Winchester Mystery House. At the time of the sale, the house was a small, unfinished farmhouse, but that quickly changed. Winchester hired carpenters to work around the clock, expanding the small house into a seven-storey mansion. Due to the lack of a plan and the presence of an architect, the house was constructed (laughs) haphazardly. Rooms were added onto exterior walls, resulting in windows overlooking other rooms. Multiple staircases would be added, all with different size risers, giving each staircase a Disordered, a distorted look. So it literally looks like a fun house. Like it is, yep. you see the pictures, it is insane. It's just like tack so on warped. Off, just tack on. Yeah, but is this stranger? Well, yep, sorry, you go. <laughs> stranger, so was the fact that many of the alterations seemed pointless. Staircases would ascend several levels, then end abruptly. Doors would open to solid walls, and hallways would turn a corner and end in a dead end. Additionally, Winchester insisted that the whole home be built exclusively out of redwood which was expensive. However, she didn't like the look of the wood, so she insisted it be covered with a stain and a faux grain, and by the time the house was completed, over 20,000 gallons of paint had been used to cover the wood. Insanity. Insanity. Like, just there is so much insanity in that. Is this before Hubby died? After. Okay, so this is all after. Yeah, so so Hubby died when they were living back um, when they first met. Yeah. So were they living at that house just as that old farmhouse, or she bought the old farmhouse? No, she bought the old farmhouse. Oh, so after hubby died. Yeah. So oh, William okay. died in um, eighteen eighty one, and they were living somewhere else. Yes. Oh, so right. they were living uh, where they grew up, um, which was somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. Sarah was actually brought up in a lot of privilege. She could speak four languages, went to the best schools, um, and it was considered that when she married the heir to the Winchester Rifle Company that she married extremely well. Sure. Um, And when she had her baby Annie, um, Annie died at one month old and then she stayed with no children and then William died 10 years later. So they believed that Sarah and William were both heartbroken that Annie had died and they just couldn't think to have any more children because they mourned her death very you know it was awful and so when William died Sarah was like am I cursed so she went and met the medium and the medium said you need to leave and you need to move to California and William's telling you that you need to buy this house and you need to do this 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 and this and this so she just kept doing what the medium was saying and it's like man this medium was on crack (laughs) (laughs) so um, by the turn of the century Sarah had her ghost house an oddly laid out mansion with seven stories, 161 rooms, 47 fireplaces, 10,000 panes of glass, two basements, three elevators, and a mysterious funhouse-like interior. Yikes. Anyone who set foot in the home could tell that no expense had been spared. Gold and silver chandeliers hang from the ceiling above and hand inlaid parquetry floors, dozens of artful, sta- artful stained glass windows created by Tiffany & Co. dotted the walls including some designed by Louis Comfort Tiffany himself. That's the Tiffany & Co guy. One window in particular was intended to create a prismatic rainbow effect on the floor when light flowed through it. However, the window ended up on an interior wall and thus the effect was never achieved. So she would spend so much money for these amazing creations that you just think, where has this come from? Because they're like sparks of genius Mm. and an immense amount of wealth and... um, 
what's the word, kind of luxury and, you know, everything's being put into it and created and then no one gets to see it or the effect that it's been created for is pointless. It's like creating beauty. It's lost. Yeah, it's like yeah. creating beauty for nothing. Yeah. It's almost like a joke. It kind of makes me, this is when I started to really think maybe she was a bit wooey, a bit woo-woo because there is just this complete black and white. It's like all this beauty, create it and invest in it and then just deny it, ignore it, pretend it's not even there and mm. not even acknowledge it. So uh, even more luxurious in the fixtures were the plumbing and electrical work because back then it was very rare to have indoor plumbing, including hot running water and push-button gas lighting available throughout the home and fan-forced air heating through the house. So she, oh, like, stared. extravagant. Yeah, like back then. Like we're still talking in the 1800s. And to heat that mansion. Yeah. Wow. And hot water. Yeah. So in 1904, though, there was a huge uh, Californian earthquake and uh, a lot of California was destroyed. But because the house was on this floating foundation, which apparently is a foundation that equals the weight of the surrounding soil, uh, the entire house was saved from collapse, but the top three floors of the seven floors collapsed onto the lower floors. Wow. So they were completely removed and then it's been left since then. But apparently um, on in one uh, source I read that, which I didn't know, um, and I might be wrong with the number because now I'm just having like a brain yeah. fart and it's just <laughs> not, not coming to me, but the middle of the house, which... Um, which apparently Sarah just was never happy with because she couldn't get to where she needed to go, whatever, go go figure, yeah. um, was done like 16 times or something and it was just taken down and rebuilt and taken down and rebuilt like 16 times. It's wow. just like you're crazy. Yeah. Um, throughout the year long, the years-long construction of the Winchester Mystery House, Sarah Winchester would never confirm that she was building a haunted house. However, stories and rumours swelled throughout San Jose. The contractors who worked on the house reported Sarah having daily seances with local mediums in an effort to reach good spirits. These good spirits were reportedly consulted to find out how to best appease the spirits whom she was allegedly building the house for. These spirits are reportedly what called Winchester to make so many illogical additions to the home. So apparently William would tell the mediums that she needed to confuse some of the spirits so that they couldn't get to her. And she would create like ways so that um, you were only she would know how to get to her bedroom and, and it would change all the time because she would build separate hallways and doors and mirrors and windows to confuse you. But she knew how to get there. It's like she always knew the way there. But she would also sleep in a different room all the time. She would just pick a room and just sleep in a room. Bloody hell. Sounds like lots of fun. It's, it's just, <laughs> but spirits can walk through walls. I know, right? <laughs> So I know. <laughs> I just oh. there's a lot of like spirits having a giggle. These these rooms and everything have been built to confuse things, and the only people that wouldn't be confused would be the spirits, yeah. so-called spirits. Yeah. Wow. Sarah was very confused. Clearly. Uh-huh. Far after the construction was completed, though, Winchester continued to make efforts to appease the victims of the Winchester rifles. Out of the thirteen bathrooms in the home, only one was actually functional. Sure. And so it's still believed now that in that home with all that space and all those rooms, there is only one shower that works. Yeah, the rest aren't plumbed. Nope. So uh, 
Furthermore, she would sleep in a different room every night in the Winchester house and use secret passageways to get to and from room to room so that no spirits could follow her. (laughs) Blimey. In the years Sarah lived in the house, the residents of San Jose whispered about its strange construction and even stranger inhabitant, but it was in the years after her death that the wild stories became even wilder. After her death in September of 1922, Sarah left all of her belongings to her niece, Marion, who had served as her personal secretary later in life. However, the Winchester Mystery House was never mentioned in her will, adding to the mystery of the home. After appraisers deemed the house worthless due to its strange design, damage from the earthquakes and a long-winded construction, Marion took everything in it and auctioned it off. Wow. Can you imagine? Like, imagine being the heir and just going, are you fucking kidding me? I had to put up with my crazy aunt that (laughs) entire time and I get nothing? It's worthless. (laughs) What do you mean it's worthless? The current owners of the house claim it took six weeks to empty the house of all the furniture, though the report is uncorroborated. After the house was emptied, a local investor purchased a home for a cool $135,000 just five months after Sarah had died. And the Winchester Mystery House was opened for public tours. Despite being fully emptied, refurnished and open for business, the Winchester Mystery House continued to surprise. While Sarah was alive, stories were told of a storage room in her home filled with over $25,000, which is $300,000 today, worth of undisplayed riches, including a Tiffany window designed by Winchester herself, featuring a spiderweb design. Mm, And you've got a photo of that. I do. In 2016, a secret attic was discovered. Though there's no roof, it was the same secret storage room inside the attic where a pump organ, a Victorian-era couch, a dress form, a sewing machine and various paintings were held. A year later, rooms that were never open to the public were put on display, including sections of the home that had remained unfurnished at the time of her death. Even 95 years after her death, it seemed that Sarah's house was still holding on to some secrets. Secrets which fuel pop culture's obsession with the house. And in 2018, Helen Marin starred in Winchester as Sarah Winchester herself. The story took the rumours about the hauntings in the house and ran with them, depicting a woman crazed by the ghosts of the Winchester rifles. Filming for the movie took place at the actual Winchester Mystery House. Additionally, the home has been the setting for numerous supernatural horror movies and novels and its mere existence provides ample inspiration Since her death, little has been uncovered about Sarah and the reasoning behind her obsession with the building, the the Winchester Mystery House. She gave no interviews, left behind no journals and had no family willing to speak about her. Occasionally, visitors to the home will report feeling the spirits that have long resided in the home. Though, of course, paranormal investigators have turned up nothing, which is bullshit. Like, that is the only part of this whole episode that I'm just like, what? I have watched that many of these YouTube at the Winchester house because they're hilarious because they, like, you just see these dudes that are, like, hardcore, like, scary dudes (laughs) and they're, like, freaking out and then they're opening up a door to try and get out because they're freaked out and they open up the door and there's a window and they can't go anywhere so they have to close the door and they just can't get out of the room and it's dark and it's just, like, just turn the light on and help yourself. How did Sarah? die uh i but no one is i haven't been able to find that so i'll have to i'll have to find out wow yeah do you think she's the one that's haunting this house she would definitely be there some of the paranormal investigations that i've watched um it claims to be sarah talking uh just through the questions that they ask she claims to be there uh and she talks a lot about the features of the house 
Yeah. Which makes sense. Who else would know Uh, about every single one of the things that were going on? Yeah. Uh, So. What's your take on it all? uh, My take is I just want to go so that I can feel the vibe of Sarah. So I can feel the vibe of the spirits that may or may not be there that she was trying to apparently confuse with all of the dead ends. I'm confused. Yeah. So. I think that she definitely had mental health issues. I think that um, Dame Helen Moran was probably um, spot on when she said that, you know, grief and loss can do crazy things to someone. Oh, so true. And all you want to do is just be closer to them. And perhaps, you know, she was trying to find ways to um, find portals of energy and create uh, spaces of energy and pockets of energy where she maybe in her mind would be able to communicate with the dead, whether it's her baby or yeah. um, her her, hus- her late husband. But she was so pretty um, when she was younger. She, um, you know, there's a beautiful photo of her that I'll put up as well that they have in the home in a lot of the rooms because it said that that was the only photo that she has of herself. Wow. Uh, she was deeply ashamed of her her physical appearance Uh, as she grew older and in the movie Winchester House with Helen, um, she actually wears a veil over her head like in mourning to to symbolise the mourning. But um, it's believed that Sarah didn't do that for the mourning. She did it so that no one could see her face because she didn't like her face. What, how, she didn't like how she aged? She or? didn't like how she aged. Yeah. She refused to spend money on her teeth. She refused to spend money on herself because she just felt guilty that she had all this money but you know, for what she, you know, there was no good coming of it. Well, so you can spend oodles and commission Tiffany and co designer found founding person to make a window, Mm -hmm. spend money on that. And that's justifiable. Well, it just shows you how desperate she might've been. Yeah. Like if she was receiving visions from mediums or channeling from an information, she may have even been receiving her own. And yeah. was just creating what she was seeing. Because I know as a medium, I see some really weird-ass shit in my visions. Like stuff that I just don't understand and stuff that I don't even even try and think to understand because I don't think yeah. I can in my conscious mind. You're just going on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. But if I look at some of the footage and some of the photographs of the things that are found there that are strange and these really cool stairways and random windows and doors and the features that, you know... There's really cool fretwork and you look at the outside of the house and it's all original and it's just weird. It's just like a patchwork quilt on the outside of the house as it is on the inside of the house. And I think that's almost like what my mind's like when I'm connecting to spirit. Wow, okay. And so if I had to physically create what I see in my mind, this almost looks like a physical creation of what I see in my mind because I see lots of stairways that end that have nothing there. I see lots of doors and windows that have nothing beyond, like they're just dead ends. Like I see that all the time. So a part of me wonders whether that has anything to do with it. Yep. But you look at the house and you're like, that house is haunted because it just looks like a freaky ass spooky house. But I think, you know, with, if the theory is that because of the Winchester rifles, that William came through and said, you basically have to redeem and save yourself from the spirits that have been killed by our money. So all this money uh, that you have made, the wealth that we have created, you need to redeem it by doing this. 
I just think, imagine how many spirits would be in that house if that was the case. All the people that died at war and all the people who just died, you know, as bloody cowboys and Indians. Because it was, yep. you know, you just think, wow, that would be crazy to think of how many souls would would search there. And in doing that too, if the mediums are talking about that, it means the mediums are calling those spirits in and bringing the energy and opening the potential up to invite them in. So the mediums could have very well have been doing that then too, just to, I don't know, make more money off Sarah and pray on the pray on the weak and vulnerable because there are mediums, especially back then, that would do that. And there's still mediums now that do that. They pray yeah. on the, the vulnerable, the people who are grieving and, you know, wealthy people as well who are grieving are prime targets for mediums. Yeah, I suppose so. This may have just been yep. the same. A combination of all those things. Yeah. So this year, because of COVID, uh, they've changed a little bit. So uh, they've got limited numbers and certain times that you can go and you're only allowed to take flashlights and they're self-guided. So it's like literally just you and me going into this whole freaking 26,000 square foot mansion and trying to figure out how we're going to make our way back. I'd be <laughs> Do like, they push you in and lock the door as <laughs> yeah. well just to add to the... I'd like have to, it'd be like leaving crumbs to know which way to go back. But then the ghosts might eat the crumbs. So maybe we'd have to tie like rope around us. Like go to red red ribbon, (laughs) tie it, anchor it somewhere. And And just hope that no spirits make fun. Ball of thread. Yeah. But it would be, in my mind, it would kind of be like the ultimate spooky Halloween haunted fun house to go visit, but legitimate haunted fun house. Totally legit. Totally legit. Oh, I've got the sweatiest hands even <laughs> thinking and about it. Because there's that psychological element too. Yeah. It, it's the same with the Beechworth Asylum. There is something that just fascinates me around paranormal and the psychiatric, you know. Yeah element element to it like i just find that extra freaky because i need extra freaky because normal freaky stuff that freaks most people out doesn't freak me out so i need no, some sort your of normal yeah i need some psychological sort of extraness yeah well that sounds like it's got it in spades yep <laughs> so who's coming let no, me know no no <laughs> I don't know. If we're ever allowed to go there again. And maybe some of our American listeners have been there, so write in. Yeah. Let us know. That would oh be cool. Oh, my God. Great idea. I'm looking out the window and it's like pelting down with rain. It's sort of perfect to set the scene for this whole episode and what we're just talking about. Very eerie. It's creepy AF. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. So you're going to lighten it up a little bit though? Yeah, well, sort of. Sort of? <laughs> I've got a ghost story. One of our wonderful listeners, Michelle, wrote in ages ago. You know Michelle. I do know Michelle. Um, thanks, Michelle. Thank you. And she has her own take on um, crossing over stories. We did mm. a crossing over episode way back and we asked if other people had similar experiences and Tracy you talked about how your um memories crap sometimes when when you're working you can't remember things that you've Mm. done so um Michelle has had readings from you and she was talking about her dad who you've 
you know in spirit she says yeah i've yeah connected her with her dad a few times because he was a medium he was yeah he was a medium but he also um held circles so yes michelle is a little bit older than us but she grew up with people coming over for circles to sit in circle with her dad so it was just her thing it's like my kids although i don't do it at my home anymore but it's like my kids, the way they're growing up, she grew up with her dad doing this. So this was all very normal for her. Yeah. But aside from her dad, no one really in her life until she sort of um, met me again and connected with her dad, then she sort of embraced it since then, right. So, which is amazing. I love that for wow. her. So this is Michelle talking about her dad who yes. I can connect to through spirit. Yeah. Um, and the way he worked yeah. and her experiences. Yes. So I'm just going to... Go on and start reading. Thanks, Michelle. So it says um, she was fortunate enough to have experiences such as the following. Um, In our group, we had four amazing mediums who would go into deep meditation or trance and channel spirit. Not like Tracy does where she is fully conversant and relays spirit's message, but spirit would directly talk through the medium. During these sessions, the group began to bring through souls who had crossed over but got stuck, as you put it. I'm remembering back a good 30 odd years now, but these were mostly souls who had passed suddenly and simply did not realise they were dead, similarly to the jogger suffering the heart attack that you talked about in the crossing over um, episode. It took a bit of practice, but after a while, the group consisting of three to four mediums and two or three others were rescuing, as we called it, and what Spirit later confirmed were thousands of souls a session. So how this would work is the soul, as Tracy has previously mentioned, would see our lights on and gravitate towards the available medium, and you would simply welcome and encourage them to speak. Once you open that communication, the energy builds and the more you talk, the better the connection. You also learn very quickly that in spirit, um, that in spirit though, and the suggestion is so, thought is suggestion and suggestion is instant. So you can manipulate the soul's experience quickly to assist them. Best way to explain is to give you examples, and these are two I remember vividly. A lady came through, and after introducing myself and opening the communication, it turns out she was sitting in the snow. After asking more questions, she tells me she had been skiing and was now sitting and trying to get the other skiers to stop and help her, but no one will. Ah, yeah, because you're dead and they can't see you. (laughs) This spirit has no idea she is dead and so now you have to work very delicately so that you allow them to realise this, otherwise you can lose them. So you start asking questions about what happened. From memory, she has impacted a tree, which subsequently killed her immediately. Questions are then posed such as, well, you were skiing, yes, and you have impacted with a tree, yes. So what do you think would happen to somebody who has had this happen to them oh they would probably die and then you experience them have that light bulb moment and usually they will say oh did i die or am i dead no panic no fear but you need them to realize it it seems to allow the transition to begin once they realize then it becomes a simple manipulation of their experience you ask them to look around for the light and ask them if they can see anyone they know Because you have made the suggestion instantly, they will see a light and tell you so. 
Now you ask them to walk towards the light and tell you what they see. They will then see someone, usually a past relative. Sometimes there is a bit of a chit-chat during this period as they tell you what they see, thank you, etc. You must keep them going. You must keep telling them to walk towards that person and take the person's hand. Otherwise, they can stall. Once they tell you they have taken the person's hand, you wish them well and goodbye. How did we help thousands? Well, apparently, for every soul that connects and speaks, thousands of souls are there in their own experience but can hear you, and so they also look for the light and their loved one and do what you are asking. It is mind-boggling but amazing. And people can be there in this experience for so long if no one connects with them. For example, we helped a gentleman who was sitting in the jungle and didn't understand why his mates and people were walking past him on the track and not stopping to talk to him. After further conversation, turned out he was a crashed World War II pilot in the jungle in what we assume was a Pacific island somewhere and had died and so the same process began. I was in my late teens when I was fortunate enough to experience really great mediums and this type of work which looking back now provided me with a grounding in all things spiritual that I am again now fine-tuning thanks to Tracy and her mentoring. Um, just thought this might help answer some of Lara's questions. And <laughs> it did answered, it? It answered so many and yeah. then just was a fantastic um, story. Yeah. So thanks, Michelle. It's really great to hear other people's uh, account or at least her, especially her account of what she experienced and yes. what she took from it. Yeah. Um, and because everyone does do it in their own little way and, and have their own little process. And I help people. I think I mentioned it in that episode that you mentioned earlier. Um, I help people develop their own way of being able to do it. And I've got three at the moment that I've sort of been helping and all three of them each have their own way, their own unique yeah. way. Yeah. And it's usually because in my case with these three people, for example, they're here to pass over or help people cross over from specific. Different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So little kids. Yeah. Uh, people that have experienced extreme trauma. Yep. And Different then just. groups of people. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it. You know, it's weird and wonderful and, and you know, very uh, – there's so much unknown in all of it and it's really cool to hear other people's way of doing things. Yeah, especially like a group of three to four mediums and then two to three other people like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wonder – for me it's kind of just energy. Like I, 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 I find it strange that um, – so like I've sat in circle a fair bit in life and uh, I've never shared the same vision as another medium. Wow. Yep. I've, I've had been in the circle and other mediums in the circle have shared the visions with each other, but I've never honestly been able to just go, yeah, I've, I'm getting it too. And I can see that. And then I, and I get it too and share with the visions. Yeah. Right. So I don't know whether that's just something that I can't do uh, if there's a fear there or whether it's just not something I'm meant to do. I have no idea, but I don't question those things. I'm, I'm no. pretty, pretty pragmatic about most things and that's included. I just do whatever is available. Yeah. And everyone's different. So that's that makes it. sense that not everybody would be experiencing the same thing in the same way Yeah, at the same time. That's it. And you'd think that like someone like Michelle, for example, like knowing her quite well now, you would think that if your dad could do that and you grew up in a place like that and you understand it, then why can't she do it? 
you would think like what makes you a candidate like what (laughs) makes you someone that the afterlife or spirit or universe can use to do what we do and what makes it not so for the other people yep yep it's so cool and is it something that we chose before we came here even? Yeah, or my my belief is probably just an evolution of soul. Yeah, so okay. I think that when your soul has evolved enough and it, it chooses to the light uh, and work with the dark and the light at the same, that the more lifetimes you have done that, the older you're like the more able you're to do that and so on and so on yeah because human life is dark and spirit life is light but a lot of the time people have it confused and they think that spirit is dark and human is light and it's just really not yeah but um yeah i think it's i think it's a soul evolution thing personally like that's yeah that's your take that's my belief about it and i don't really talk about things like that too often but that's my one about that yeah i can see the sense in that yeah yeah um but, I mean, it's the only thing that I can think of that sort of explains everything away. Yep. In terms of why me, not you. and Yep, yep. Um, rather than it being because I'm blonde and you're brunette. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> I was born here and you were born there. Yeah. It's like, whatever. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just uh, yeah. we're all at a different place. Mm. Yeah. You know, Matt actually asked me a question today because he, he knew we were recording and he's oh. just like, I've got a question for spirit. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> my Matt. Hi, your Matt. <laughs> Hi, my Matt. My Matt. We're both married to Matt. So yes. Yeah. Anyone is he's confused, confused right now. <laughs> um, he said, does soul know when it's your birthday? Like, does your soul know when it's its birthday? It's like, no, I don't think it does. Like, I've never had that. But it's an awesome question. Great question. Great question. Yeah. But I was like, no, like, I have never had um, a conversation with someone who has crossed over about birthday, like, in terms of your birthday each time you've had your your time on earth. Yeah. Um, but then he said, so what about the very first time you were born like the very first time I don't know you think it would be a fairly significant thing because you say like sometimes spirits come back and they around significant dates yeah do they not yes or they use them as reference points Hmm. so clearly there is some significance to yeah to dates I think it's probably um more of a energetic Thing than anything because everything is energy when yeah. we talk about these things it's yeah. just that we humanize it i even i humanize it obviously to make it yeah. um easy for you guys to understand but it's all energy so i think it's more of an energy in and energy out and veils and light and dark and mm. even astrological energies zodiac all of that included i think it all works and that's where the universe part comes in i think it's all entwined with science and spirituality um totes my goats totes <laughs> um but i have never had any kind of awareness or enlightenment around the actual first time a soul is conceived or yep. You know, birth, birthed. Yeah. Um. It's like chicken or the egg for yeah. starters. It's, it's very confusing. Um. And then never really had a conversation with spirit, dead, um, or alive in terms of about your birthday. Yep. And guide spirit guides don't really talk. Although I don't know how many people have actually read on their birthday. Come to think mm. of it, I don't know how many people have actually read on their birthday. And whether or not that would even make any difference yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Because. I know I have read for people on their birthdays, but 
I don't think anything ever comes up about their birthday that yes, I can remember. So they're not seeing it as anything yeah. worthwhile. And I don't, like I said, I don't really remember most of my sessions. So if you happen to have had a session with me and we did talk <laughs> about your birthday, then please refresh our memories because I don't know, it's impossible. My brain's, my head's big enough. It does not need to be bigger to hold everybody's body. I'll do my best at keeping it small. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean literally my head's big. I can't even wear hats. Oh, <laughs> Really? My circumference of my head. <laughs> you make my day every day. That was another gift for your Course birthday. Of course it is. It is. That's why I don't wear hats. Have you never wondered why I don't wear hats? I've seen you wear hats. Really? A baseball cap at the gym Oh, that's sometimes. different because it's yep. adjustable. Yes. Yes. The only hats you wear are elasticised or adjustable. <laughs> They need to be able to take it in and out. <laughs> fair call, fair call. I wonder if that's got anything to do with why I can do what I do. Probably. The size of my head. Fat heads only. <laughs> I don't know what my, well, my dad's got a really big head. So. <laughs> Changing tact right now. You don't like um, talking about big heads? <laughs> we don't need to. Okay. <laughs> Pull my shit together. No, no, no. I just thought before we run out of time again, we should get to Nicole's question. Yes, remember Nicole's Nicole question from last week. Yes. She um, wrote in her ghost story, uh-huh. but she has a question about this particular time of year that she sent in recently. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> so I'm going to read it out yep. and you're going to answer it. Okay. If you're willing. <laughs> okay. It says, um, hello, I hope y'all have a, a doing well. Because remember, Nicole's from America. Yeah, that's what I said, y'all. And I'm loving listening. We love you and your email things, Nicole. I have another question, she says. This time of year, things always get a bit loud because this time of year, because this time of year and the veil is thinner, Mm -hmm. question marks or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) She even writes IDC. So she's pretty cool. She's cooler than I am. It's like I can't keep track of the information coming in and what's mine and what's not. And if I accidentally slip into a bad channel energy-wise, it's tougher to get out of it. By mid-November, it's usually fine, but it's just exhausting getting to there and I'd like to handle it a bit better. I guess my question is what can I do? I do my meditation. I do clearing exercises throughout the day. I've tried asking my guides about it, but most of the answers I get is basically write it out. Like eventually I'll be able to process that much info without being uncomfortable because on some level I'm getting used to it even if I don't like it right now. But if there's anything I should be doing to just make things make a little more sense, it just feels like I'm grabbing at a live wire and I don't like it and it started ramping up earlier than usual. So I'm just a little nervous. Hope you have a good nice day. <laughs> Thank we you, We are. Nicole. It's Lara's birthday. <laughs> Yay. Thanks for your question, Nicole. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. Good one. Yes. So, uh, unfortunately, what everyone is saying in terms of write it out is kind of true. And so you you do, once you're in it, it's like, you know, um, taking too much medication and then you really wish you didn't. You kind of just have to wait until it's out of your system before you feel better or whatever. Um I was going to say drugs, but I said said medication, but now I've said it anyway. (laughs) Should have just said it the first place. Anyway, anyway, um, although uh, a piece of advice that I will offer for potentially next year, next season, uh, it's probably a little bit late this season already, but 
it is, I cannot stress how important prep over recovery is. I cannot stress it enough. So next year, come winter, no, oh, no, hang on, you go, they go the opposite. Yeah, so they yeah, this go. Is now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're. Autumn, in autumn, before winter. Yeah, so they've just come out of summer. Yeah, so instead of winter, so in summer, um, you need to ramp up your protection and grounding and cleansing. You need to do extra. What you're doing is not enough. It it needs to be more. You need to do more. Organization at the time of year and yeah, you need to prepare yourself for it. So uh, you just need to get your energy ready to to be able to handle more rather than receive more and then go shit now I have to figure out how to how to hold this it's about preparing space for it and getting your vibration up high enough or at least grounded and centered enough to be able to carry that extra load at this time of year and then it will be much easier for you so prep over recovery is my number one piece of advice that she's missing from all of that um you know, even if you just know that it's coming, it's not enough. Like it's just not enough. And, you know, like I can do when I'm not working. So I just recently had a couple of weeks off with school holidays here and I don't have to do nearly enough as to what I do when I'm working. Uh, and so a Sunday for me during school holidays is very different to a Sunday where I'm not in school holidays. And I now even have Mondays off to prepare more so for what's to come. So Sunday and Monday to prepare. To prepare. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. Yeah. Well, I, it's it, it's taking care of myself, but I I probably mentioned this before. Like I will usually the way that you get me to do something is to give me a non-negotiable reason why I have to do it, and usually it's got to have not not to do with me. It's got to be for someone else. So if I think my clients are waiting at the moment, like sometimes up to a month or longer for it to, to see me and they're booking months in ahead, they're paying a lot of money to come and see me. I want to make sure that when they spend time with me, that they get exactly what they've been waiting for, that they've, that, that they don't regret, you know, the time or that I let them down or I disappointed them. Yeah. And it's, you take it seriously. I do. Yep. And so I, I put those measures in place first for them. And second for me rather than first for me and second for them. Ooh. I know I'm getting scowled. We're going to have to work on that. <laughs> I do, but that's why I do Sunday, Monday. So Sunday has become more about me and Monday is more about I sort of ramp it up. So yeah. I start Sunday afternoon, evening, start thinking more about Monday and that has a lot more to do with with um, clients. I was yeah. about to say staff then. That was weird. It like naturally came out. I, didn't have, mm. I have staff but I don't have staff staff. <laughs> anyway, mm. So, yeah, it's about prep, Nicole. It's about yep. next year for the season, come summertime, your summertime for us if you're on in the Southern Hemisphere in winter, sort of towards the last month. So in um, August, uh, you want to really start ramping it up, especially your grounding. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about anything now that you can do? It's just literally write it out. Embrace it. Yep. Just embrace it because they know. Yeah. Spirit knows what what we're capable of holding. It's our fear that resists holding it. Yeah. They won't give us what we can't handle. Yeah. They won't give us what we can't use or shouldn't be using. 
So I know that Nicole has gone through a lot and in terms of her abilities um, and uh, she's making a lot more of an effort as she's older to understand them and work with them and not resist it and not deny it and, and embrace it. Uh, but I think that helping helping herself or for anyone else that can identify with this, just helping yourself with resistance and receiving and working around those energies. So the universe doesn't know, like, so science the universe doesn't know whether you're resisting chocolate or whether you're resisting love or whether you're resisting sadness or whether you're resisting, I don't know, anything, anything really. It's just anything. the vibration of resistance. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And so it doesn't even really know that you're receiving. So what you can do is just look at some things in your life that are quite simple that um, you can perhaps try and practice with or just start that momentum energetically and scientifically rolling where you don't resist things. So it might be don't resist when someone wants to make you a cup of tea or a cup of coffee instead of having to do it yourself. Accept help. Accept help, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Don't resist, um, don't resist you know, nice words and people giving you praise or compliments and instead accept them. So these things might seem, you know, quite big for some people, but then when you put it into comparison of receiving, you know, paranormal and supernatural and, you know, all of this spiritual universal stuff, it's very different. It kind of helps you put it into a bit of a perspective when you're someone like me and Nicole. So that might help her a little bit or anyone else that's listening. So just practice um, receiving and accepting um, and try to resist resistance. (laughs) Resist resistance. Resist resistance. Um, So they're really the only things because that that will literally affect her vibration in the now. Yeah, yeah. Like in the here and the now. Right now. Yeah as opposed to, and then it will gather momentum and accumulate and get stronger and stronger and stronger yeah. and then it would get easier. But it's something that you, it's practical that you can do. Yes. It is easy to do. It doesn't take any real kind of, you know, educational effort. Yeah. It's just consciousness of going, okay, oh, I need to say yeah. yes or I need to say yeah. thank you. Be more conscious of it and yeah. figure out ways to make it more practical in your life and becomes more habitual then, doesn't it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Great yeah. advice. I hope it helps. Nicole, let us know. Yes. Do. Yes. And if you have any questions, uh, please send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. Yes. Or Or ghost stories. Or ghost stories to the email address as well. Or you can contact us on Instagram at turns out out underscore she's psychic. Yep. Uh, Facebook is at turns out she's psychic. And... Yeah. That's it. And if you haven't left a rating or a review, please do so. And subscribe. Because we might trick or treat you. (gasps) Well, we won't. (laughs) Maybe we will. But we love you and we love hearing from you. We do. And we hope you love us. We got to show it. Yay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks, guys. See you next time.